Hi love and welcome to Lovely with Lana. I'm Lana, your podcast host, here to talk about all things Pilates, wellness, fashion, lifestyle, and of course, it has to be pink. Well, not all the time, but most of the time at least. I hope that you absolutely love this episode and let's get right into it. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I am so happy that you decided to click on and listen in. If you are new, an extra special welcome to you. Whether you find me through social media, scrolling through Spotify or Apple, or just randomly somehow found me, I'm happy that you're here, you're in the right place at the right time. And if you're returning, as always, hugs and kisses. I am so proud as little wellness princess community growing and becoming the best versions of ourselves. Be sure to follow this podcast, give it a rating, give it a review. It honestly helps me so much. And be sure to follow all of my socials. I am most active on Instagram and you can find me at lovelywithlana and at lovelywithlanapod. All right, I'm trying to do something new and it's very weird, but I'm not going to set the mood and I'm not going to talk about my high and low for the week because I just, I don't know if you girls even like to hear about it and I don't want to waste your time because, you know, everyone's time is precious. So I will set a poll or like a Spotify question down below. So definitely participate. Let me know if you don't really want the high and low and you don't want the mood or you want to hear about like how my day went and my high and low. But anyway, I will, however, still do the shout out because I think it's so important for us girls to support each other and for me to shout all of you wonderful girlies out. So in episode 89, which is all about dating and boys 101, I asked you girls, if you're single, you're in a situationship or you're in a relationship. Obviously, if you listen to the episode, we do not do situationships around here. And Charlotte said, so I'm actually single, but I'm in love with one boy for already three years and he has no idea how I'm feeling. So dot, dot, dot. Okay, Charlotte, number one, you have been in love with the same person for three years. What are you doing not letting him know? You have literally nothing to lose. You only have things to gain. And I think if you literally just express your feelings, maybe he likes you too. And he's also terrified of saying anything. You could get something so beautiful out of that. If he doesn't reciprocate those feelings, it's going to be difficult for you, but then you'll be able to move on and find the person that is meant for you. So I'm telling you, Charlotte, you got to let this dude know that like, hey, I really, really do like you and maybe let's grab coffee or something because you've already liked him for three years. You have no time to waste, baby girl. And obviously, if the things progress, do let me know. But I'm telling you, go tell this like man right now that you really like him because again, you have a limited time on this earth. You got to go make the most out of it. All right. So the whole topic of today's episode came from the fact that I noticed I had a lot of trauma and past versions of myself wiggling their way into my current self, into the person that I want to be in the future. And weekends in particular have been really tough for me. So I will definitely do an episode on the weekend scaries because for me, weekends are like literally the worst time. I feel like I'm so productive Monday through Friday and then the weekends hit and I'm just like a sad, not happy, not productive version of myself. And this has nothing to do with burnout because I definitely know when I feel burnout and it's not like so cyclical. And I do a lot of things throughout the week, which would limit my risk of having burnout. So this isn't burnout. This is like a very negative cycle that I'm going through because I'm letting like trauma and past memories and habits of the weekend creep into my current life that I'm trying to build for myself. 
past Lana, the very anxious, the Lana who had a eating disorder. She hated weekends because that's when she would binge eat. And she would heavily restrict herself during the week and then go crazy on the weekends and obviously feel bad, feel unproductive, feel sluggish, feel depressed, feel bloated, and the cycle would repeat itself. But the weekday Lana was very put together and she was productive. And not to mention that during the weekends, because I had such a lack of self-worth and self-respect and I was just obsessed with, I guess, covering up my emotions and not feeling anything by working myself to the ground, I genuinely thought I did not deserve a break. I genuinely believed that I did not deserve anything good. So when the weekend rolled around, when I did give myself that, you know, hour break, I would feel guilty. And then I would throw the entire day away saying that I wasted a few hours in the morning, might as well waste the whole day. And I would like spend the whole day scrolling through social media, not working out, not drinking water, not taking care of myself. And this was a horrible case of self-sabotage. And while that was definitely me in the past, I don't binge on the weekends, I don't restrict, I don't have an eating disorder, I'm not as anxious as I once was, I learned the importance of rest and self-care and self-compassion, the past me, however, is still chained onto current me. Like, I feel like I'm dragging this old version of myself everywhere I go. And I mention this old version of myself in literally almost every other conversation. Shadows of my past habits are still there. I still feel really guilty for taking breaks. I am sometimes... I do emotionally eat over the weekends and I still heavily avoid self-care even though, I don't know, Monday through Friday I'm okay like doing a little face mask feeling good but once it hits like Saturday, Sunday, I just feel like I don't deserve a break and then I find that's a waste of time but because I'm not giving myself self-care, I then am not able to, you know, focus, I'm not able to be productive. You get what I'm saying, right? It's a pretty vicious cycle. There's a lot of things going on within me that are causing weekends to be so tough for me and I also noticed that like there was just always like this like I was like literally chained to like the anxious anorexic me like I felt like in every other conversation I would mention the fact that oh like I don't know two years ago I would never be able to eat this or two years ago I would never be able to like sit through an exam without having a mental breakdown this is something very honest this is something that's very touchy for me and it's not something that I'm 100% comfortable sharing on the internet but for me I'm just sharing this because if there's one girl listening and she's like wait a minute I'm not the only one like you aren't the only one babe we're all dealing with past versions of ourselves with like traumatized versions of ourselves if you've been through any sort of trauma whether that's eating disorder depression anxiety you know not having any friends having some kind of physical or verbal or just like psychological abuse from your family or your friends. Like all of us have gone through a lot, a lot of heavy stuff. And that can hinder us from becoming the best version of ourselves if we're dragging this old version of ourselves everywhere we go. Little shadows of habits. Maybe you always end up, you know, eating a little past fullness on the weekends. Maybe you always end up working yourself to the ground and having to deal with burnout and like you can't get any work done you can't even get out of bed like those are all past habits and while we overcame like 99% of them what's chaining us back what's keeping us from becoming the highest version of ourselves is this old version of us that we are convinced is still just a little bit part of our identity and i know this sounds really woo woo like honestly even me like listening to me talk to you right now it's like does this even make sense but I think people don't realize that there's so much power in what you identify with and there's so much power in who you think you are if you think that you are capable you are most likely very capable and if you actually like 
scientifically, factually aren't capable, you will work harder to be capable. There's so much power in what we think of ourselves and what we think of our identities. And a lot of the things that are holding us back is our identity, is our self-belief. And it's also negative traumas that are trapped within our body, holding us back from like letting go and healing and becoming the best version of ourselves. And, you know, if you still identify with an old version of you, and there could be multiple old versions of yourself, we've all gone through eras and trials in our life, you have to let her go. The old version of you probably has habits, thought patterns, trauma that is no longer serving you. It's limiting you. If you still view yourself as the lazy girl, the unhealthy girl, the girl with the eating disorder, the girl recovering from an eating disorder, the girl that's bad at math or school, the girl that's always dating the wrong guys, you're letting the past version of you create the future version of you. You're not letting yourself like completely disassociate from that past identity. You're still a little bit convinced that you're still like the bad at math version of you. You're still the person that always dates the wrong people. You're still the person that struggles with an eating disorder or struggles with their relationship with food. And some people might convince this like thing that like what I'm saying is delusional. It's not delusional. You need to disassociate from certain identities if they literally are holding you back from who you are meant to be. You know, I big portion of my life hated coding, hated computer science, convinced myself that that was not for me. But once I dissociated from that identity and I started like genuinely learning to code, look at me now. Like I'm a computer science major. That's literally what I'm going to do for a career. So it's really important for us to realize that a lot of the things we think about ourselves aren't true. And the old versions of ourselves need to go if you want to grow. That rhymed. Dang, I'm on a roll here. But anyway, we need to cut her off. We need to cut out your past self and focus on the current you. Focus on the current you that is building your future self. And that doesn't require your past self or your negative past traumas and habits, etc. The question is, how do you cut off something so not there? It is so like in your mind, it's in your entire body. It manifests throughout your entire body. But like, how do you get rid of all of that negative habits and negative thought patterns and negative trauma that's stored inside of you. Well, that's what this episode is all about. Hi loves, before we get into the episode, I have to let you know about a small company I'm absolutely thrilled to be partnering with, Matinee Candle Co. Matinee Candle Co. sent me some other candle care items and honestly, it has changed my self-care to a new level. The candle care items are so high quality and best of all, they do come in pink. I'm finally able to actually enjoy and take care of the candles I do have and it's all thanks to the candle care items I received. If you want your own candle care set, be sure to go to matineecandleandco.com and use the code LOVELY10 for 10% off your order. Both the link and the code are in the show notes and they're on my link tree if you forget. Now let's jump right into the episode. First, and I know most of you know that all of my self-improvement focused episodes always start off with you journaling. But this time, I'm not going to say take out your phone or a piece of paper. You need to take out a genuine piece of paper because I'm going to have you do a little exercise. So whether you want to pause this episode or just like listen through the entire episode and then do it, this is really powerful. And this is something that I am literally going to do right after I finish recording this because it's very opening to what is holding you back. 
So I want you to write down on that piece of paper every single past version or era of you. Maybe you had a weightlifting era that you don't really identify with anymore, or you had an eating disorder era, or a toxic mean era, or a lazy era, or like a party going to like clubs era. Like think about all of the different versions of yourself that you were in the past, but you might still identify with now. All of those past versions of you that don't really embody who you are now, but they linger. Like there's still very small parts of them are still part of you. And after you write down all of those eras, past versions, past identities, like this could also be like, maybe I was a student, but I'm not a student anymore. Like, of course, I love to learn. I love to educate, but I'm not like a college student. You might be in the workforce or you might not be like, I don't know, a pre-med major. You might like me, you switch to computer science. Like obviously write down those eras and you might not identify with them like really but there might be a little part of you that still thinks "Mm, i like will always think of myself like the pre-med never you know never to be a doctor you get what i'm saying anyway once you wrote down all of those past versions of you i want you to burn the paper or cut it up and like flush it down the toilet do whatever is like safest obviously not anyone can just burn a paper but the burning or the tearing of the paper, it's not anything special, right? Yes, you wrote down all those past versions of you. Those versions of you might have held a lot of trauma, a lot of negative habits, a lot of negative thought patterns, and just a lot of things in your head, and they might have held a lot of weight. And burning it isn't going to necessarily take it away, but it's a symbol to yourself that you are not allowing the old versions of you to be entering into the current version of you. Like those versions of you, they taught you a lot. They made you to who you are today. We're never going to say like they never happened. They did happen, but they don't serve me anymore. And I don't identify with them anymore. After you burned the past versions of you via your paper, I want you to now take another sheet of paper and write down who you are today. What is your identity? What era are you in? You definitely can describe physical features like, for me, I'm blonde with blue eyes, or I'm tall, or you're a daughter, you're a student, you're an employee, you're hardworking, you're loving, you're productive, you're feminine, you're kind, you're honest. Sometimes, I mean, honestly, I'm a little brutally honest, but also be sure to write down hobbies that are part of you, like running or Pilates reading, along with things that at the moment you measure yourself worth by. Now, I just mentioned a lot of things of like physically who I am, maybe, you know, what roles do I play, but also like who I am as a person, like I'm kind, I'm honest, etc. Hobbies like running Pilates, those are important to me and they are things that I identify with. However, I want you to also think about how do you measure your self-worth? And a lot of people have different ways of measuring their self-worth. And I measure my self-worth, again, being honest on this podcast, by my academics and how hard I work along with my body and my skin. Now, that was honest. That was just like something I don't even tell people. But like, you might have been able to be like, oh yeah, I kind of also measure my self-worth by the grades that I get. Of course, this is something to work on because there are certain classes that you have really no control over your grade. Or for example, with your skin, I sometimes view myself and like my self-worth depending on how good my skin is. Like when I have a really good skin week where I'm not breaking out a lot, like I'm more confident, I feel better, I feel like, I don't know, I'm prettier, right? But on a week where my skin isn't so good, I feel uglier. And again, that's not really my fault. Like I genuinely, that's just how I think about myself. 
along with my body. Like sometimes when I gain some weight, I feel really uncomfortable and I do everything in my power to change that. But there are certain things like hormones that you can't necessarily manipulate to change certain parts of you. So again, I'm not saying that what I'm measuring my self-worth by is good. I'm saying it's important to identify it. So then if, you know, there's room for improvement, there is a way where you can see, okay, this is what I do and this is what I want to change it to. Then after you write like your current version of you, write out who you want to be, right? What do you want to measure your self-worth by in like a year from now or even like 20 years from now? Like, do you really think that like when you're in your 30s or your 40s or your 50s or older, you want to measure your self-worth by academics? Like that's not going to be applicable to you anymore. Do you really want to measure your self-worth by your body? If, you know, your body's changing, you might have some kids, you know, you might get older things change. And sometimes when you really start to measure your self-worth and who you are by like physical aspects of you or even like academics or work, things can change. You might lose your job. Your company might go bankrupt. Like you can't tie yourself so heavily to those things, but they are important to identify. Also, visualize the future self. This is the fun part. I always talk about visualization of your future self. Like who is an improved version of you, right? What era is she in? Is she in her pink Pilates princess era? Is she going to Pilates classes and eating acai bowls? Or is she like in her cozy reader era? Is she identifying herself as an employee, as an intern? Like there are so many ways that you can visualize your future self, right? Does she live in New York City? Does she live live on a cute little coastal beach town and pick up a little coffee every morning on her walk? Like you need to think about who you want to be But also, again, we've already talked about looking at the past self, looking at your current self, and looking at the person you want to be. All of this journaling should be a lot. It's a lot of things to unpack here. And this is honestly like a whole therapy session in like a podcast episode. It's okay to get emotional, especially when you're writing like the past versions of yourself. It's okay to cry. It's okay to realize that like, oh, dang, like I actually really identify with this person, even though like they were three years ago and I thought I moved past this. It's okay to notice that maybe you put your self-worth and your identity in being a fantastic student or being quote unquote skinny or being a certain body type. Like a lot of those things are totally okay, but noticing them, you might realize like that's that's not how I'd want to treat myself in the future. Like that's not okay that, for example, when I have really bad skin, I think of myself as ugly And I convince myself in the mirror that I'm ugly and I measure my self-worth by my skin, right? Maybe you notice that you are still in your masculine energy era because you were constantly being hurt. Maybe you don't feel comfortable at your school or your workplace and you're constantly on guard and that manifests to your entire body and you're really clenched up and you, you have a bad digestive system and you struggle going to sleep because you're in an energy that was never meant for you, right? let the emotions flow. Like genuinely, when I realized that I still identified myself as the girl recovering from an eating disorder, even though that was three years ago, like a lot of things changed and I don't really, I didn't think that I identified with myself, but I still do. Like every time I pick up something that, you know, eating disorder me would never eat, I always like think about it. And I'm like, why do I think about it, babe? Like I, I genuinely thought I like got rid of it, but the girl still in recovery is still part of my identity and that's something that I need to remove. Not saying that recovery is bad, saying that like I've already moved past that stage, like I'm healthy 
And that's just holding me back from like really being free around, you know, my body, food, exercise, etc. right? I was sobbing, honestly, so please let your emotions flow and we need to get the dirt out of the wound before the wound heals. So if you start to notice traumas, if you notice how like you identify yourself maybe by your skin and that's because you grew up in a family where you were always bullied for your skin or you grew up around friends who always had perfect skin and made fun of yours. Now you identify with that. You identify with the girl who has bad skin and you put your self-worth in your skin. That's okay to cry and feel bad. The fact that like, dang, when I was like 10, I was made fun of because I had some acne and now that's just like part of me. We're going to work on letting all of those go. So now, now that we have trauma, we need to figure out this trauma, this past version of our self dynamic, how do they connect to each other? So generally negative versions of you, past versions of you and trauma are stored in like the same part of the brain and they manifest throughout the entire body. So there are often versions of yourself, like think old patterns, habits, identities, thought patterns, etc., that also store a little bit of trauma, right? So a lot of the eras that we went through the errors were caused by something. It's a cause and effect relationship. You might have went through a very big masculine energy era because you got a new job, because you felt unsafe in an environment, etc. right? It's a cause and effect. And because of that cause and effect, a lot of trauma could be stored in there. So next time that you are in a situation where you feel unsafe, there's just like this like light, like a switch in you and you go right back to who you were three years ago. We need to let that go right? We need to change. We need to involve. We can't just keep falling back to the same versions of ourselves, even though we might have not identified with that version. It's still in us. So trauma is stored in the brain's memory in emotional centers. So think the amygdala, the hippocampus. Those are parts of the brain where this trauma is stored. And when a situation reminds you, whether that's like a situation, a person, a scent, certain foods can remind you, certain times of the year can remind you when a situation reminds you of that traumatic event the body activates like you literally in your brain you practically like time travel to like two years ago you three years ago you if you constantly keep getting into situations where your old self is like coming right back right trauma is not only like a brain thing Trauma and negative coping strategies go hand in hand. So again, I mentioned if you had a past eating disorder, you might notice that something that reminds you of that time causes you to slip back to old habits, right? Trauma connects to your entire body in your past self. So you can notice this, like you can feel it within your body, right? So a lot of times if you have a lot of trauma stored in you, you can feel like your breath is not deep. Like you're always breathing, but like not a full breath. It's like half breaths. Your gut, your stomach is always clenched. It feels like you're sucking in your stomach 24-7. Your neck, your head, your shoulders, your jaw, they're all clenched. They're all very tense. Your heart rate could be, you know, very high. It could be racing. You might have very cold and clammy hands and feet. Your body, you might feel numb as a person. And that just shows that you are storing a lot of trauma in you and your brain stores it. Your body and your brain are like connected. So the minute your brain feels unsafe, the minute your brain starts to trigger something that connects to a past version of you and that past version of you was traumatized by XYZ, you're going to feel that. And so you might have a lot of trauma stored if you come to a certain area and you just like feel like in your body, like you're just tight and clenched and you feel unsafe, right? Trauma can hurt your gut. It can hurt your hormones. It can cause a constant state of panic and overwhelm. Trauma also 
really, really can damage your gut microbiome and it can hurt up your digestion. So we need to release all of those traumas, all those past versions of ourselves and be at a point where like, yes, we might be in a situation that reminds us of a certain past trauma, et cetera, but that doesn't trigger the past version of us because there's there's no one on the other, other end of the leash, right? We just use new coping strategies to get rid of that without having to fall back on the old. Trauma can convince you that you are still the same broken, unhealed version of you. So for example, when I ever had anxiety around an exam, which I always do, I would often get triggered that, you know, something in my brain like, bam, I'm anxious, it's exam day. And then I start thinking, okay, well, I'm a person who has anxiety. I'm a very anxious person. And because I'm an anxious person, I'm going to have a panic attack. I'm going to be like, I just go into the snowball effect of making things worse than they actually are, even though the very anxious version of me was like two, three years ago. It shouldn't be now. But that old version of me keeps creeping back and I keep identifying myself as someone who has a ton of anxiety. Those thoughts aren't true, but your trauma is convincing you that they're true because your trauma likes to time travel and bring back negative coping strategies and negative versions of you to remind yourself why you're terrified or why you are acting in a certain way or why you feel unsafe, why you're masculine, why you're unproductive, etc. So after we journal about it and we recognize trauma, I pray. So I'm Christian, so obviously I'm going to take all of my emotional and traumatic baggage, my past versions of myself, and give it to God. And I just pray asking God for help when it comes to letting all of these old versions of me, habits, memories, identities, etc. go. I thank him for creating my body and mind in such a way where it does protect itself by internalizing trauma, but I need God's help to let the trauma go. And I also love to read the Bible as God always finds a way to give me a verse for my situation. So in Psalms 91, 4 to 6, it says he will cover you with his feathers and under his wings, you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. Psalm 91, 4 to 6 is pretty much saying that God will cover you. He will protect you. And in this context, it was obviously physical things like plagues and, you know, arrows. But now in our world, we don't really struggle with physical things, really. We struggle with mental. We struggle with emotional battles that not a lot of people see, right? They're all internal battles. But honestly, internal battles can sometimes be more debilitating and it can hold us back more than a physical battle. If you're not Christian, try talking to God. It doesn't need to be anything grand or like special. Just talk to him like a father would. But trust me when I say God has helped heal more traumas and more issues within me than therapists, meditation, and any other like psychiatrist could ever do to me. Like genuinely when I say that God healed a lot of things in me that I thought would I would never get rid of, I genuinely mean he has healed my mind. But if you're not comfortable talking to God, if you're not Christian, I'm not going to force you, babe. Talk to the universe. Talk to whatever higher power you believe in because you need to let, you need to believe that someone is out there to help you. And for me, because I'm Christian, God has always got my back. He has always helped me. He's always there for me. And a lot of times when people are praying to the universe, I don't think they realize they're praying to God. Anyway, moving on. Number three, after we've had higher power help, I think it's always helpful to talk to someone that's like 
on earth. So especially if you have like a therapist or a really close friend or a family member, talk to them. Talk about past traumas. Talk about, okay, these are past versions of myself that I notice I keep identifying myself with like the lazy, unproductive version of me when I have two, three hours of not being productive, right? Just because you do something similar to a past version of you doesn't mean you are that past version of you. If you really have no one to talk to, feel free to DM me on Instagram. I will read it and I will respond as always. And you don't need a therapist. I know a lot of people stress therapists, but like in the nicest way possible, a therapist, and I've been to quite a few, have never helped me. And most of the help that I've gotten is from talking to God, talking to my mom, journaling, reading the Bible, and reading a lot of psychology books. So, of course, if you have the resources, if you feel like therapy has helped you in the past, try it out. If it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. But I think it's really important that we've already identified these past versions of ourselves, these past traumas. And we know that, like, we also wrote down who we want to be in the future. And who we want to be in the future doesn't identify themselves as like a lazy, unproductive person, a person with an eating disorder, a person who's, you know, like struggling with anxiety, a person that's struggling with depression. Like, no, the person we want to be in the future is healed. The person we want to be in the future is happy. They're working on their career or school and they're at peace with themselves. I also love to move my body. Now, so many people talk about exercise in the sense of like, oh, it's there to lose weight. Like sometimes when I'm like, okay, I'm going to go on a walk. I'm going to go do Pilates, whatever. People like, to burn calories? No, about 99% of the exercise I do is for my mental health and it's for me releasing anxiety, anger, etc., traumas throughout the day. And I move my body every day, um, whether that's just a little walk or a super intense workout. But on days where I notice that I'm definitely more emotional or I was triggered by a lot of past traumas, I move my body more intensely. I want to drip. I want to sweat. I want to struggle a little bit. Oftentimes, the combination of like sweat and struggle and just like allow yourself to be in your thoughts, right? Allow yourself to blast music and just get lost in like lifting or running or like inclined walking or doing whatever that you want to do and it can do wonders for your mind it's also helpful to get outside in nature and i just absolutely love nature i think nature is so healing there are so many studies that show that if you are anxious if there's a lot of just emotions in you that are trapped a lot of trauma literally if you like take off your shoes and your socks and you start walking barefoot, now it's cold in Minnesota, there's snow and ice on the ground, so I won't be doing this, but in the summer, or if you're in a warm climate, if you walk on the bare ground, literally electrons from the planet, from Earth, this is science, this is not voodoo stuff, this is science, go into your body and can help your cells regenerate and heal. Isn't that like the most fascinating thing ever? So like you have all of these electrons and they're like literally shooting through your foot into your body. It's wild stuff. There's also studies that show that if you are super anxious and you identify yourself as an anxious person, if you sit outside near a running water, keyword running, so like a lake won't work, but an ocean, a river will, or maybe like even a waterfall, that sound sitting 20 minutes and watching the water go by, but also listening to it can reduce your depression and anxiety more than any psychiatric drugs. So when I say that nature is healing, I genuinely mean scientifically nature is healing. 
Number five is to release all this trauma, you need to allow yourself to feel emotion. Now, I think that there is a big issue in our world where everyone, well, women in particular, are told that we can't really express emotion because when we do, we're just like, we're being emotional. Are you in your period? And so apparently showing emotion is correlated to being weak. And it's even worse that like all the motivational bros and all the self-improvement people on Instagram, they're saying that like, if you show emotion, you're weak. Emotion is okay. Expressing emotion is okay when it's appropriate. And I think it's very healing when you let yourself just get rid of emotion that you trap inside. In the moment, if it's appropriate, of course, and you want to cry, allow yourself to do so. You don't even need a reason. I think a lot of times we're like, why why do I want to cry? I don't even know why I want to cry. Just let yourself cry, babe. And again, if it's not the right environment, like you're at work or school, note that you want to cry. And then when you are alone or in the bathroom or you're driving home in the car, then you can cry. And sometimes I cry and I laugh for no reason. I mean, there's been times there's sometimes I go outside, obviously in like a remote area and I scream for no reason. And I find that I think it's really important to let out emotion when you can, because if we trap it in, like we will just feel it in our bodies. Like if we're super anxious and we don't allow ourselves to feel the anxiety, we don't like identify, okay, I'm anxious. And you start using positive coping strategies, which we'll talk about later. You're going to start feeling that in your body. It can result into neck pain, stress pain, eye pain. Your body will know. Your body will tell you that it is stressed and it needs to release emotion. And that's the only way it's trying to give you a signal to like, hey, you need to do something about this stress. Otherwise, I'm literally going to break down. I think if you're frustrated or angry, letting it out in a productive manner is really, really helpful. I work out. I make sure to verbalize when I'm angry. If I'm angry at a specific person, I verbalize that like, hey, you did something and I'm feeling angry. Um, Can you not do that again, etc.? And I think it's important to just allow yourself to feel. Stop trying to numb emotions and be a shell of a person using super loud music, using parties. Stop trying to numb emotions with food or alcohol or friends or school or work. Like I genuinely worked myself to the ground for so many years because I didn't want to feel anything. And that's problematic. Stop trying to avoid being sad by constantly distracting yourself. Just stop trying to numb yourself with all of these negative coping strategies of dealing with emotion, whether that's shopping or food or friends or alcohol or parties. Like, honestly, just stop. You need to let yourself feel. Just feel, right? Like, note verbally, hey, I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling sad. And from there, we are going to work on some more positive coping strategies like breath work. So in the moment you notice this, lots of emotions, flashbacks, you start getting anxiety, you feel like you're falling back into this old, traumatized, not great version of you, we need to start taking deep breaths. Sometimes we have this habit in our mind, and I'm really into habit formation, and I have entire episodes on it, etc., But I think it's important for us to understand that a lot of times when we are triggered by something, that is the cue, right? We have the craving of doing what we always did and that's what we do. And we are falling back into the habit of constantly doing negative coping strategies, constantly identifying ourselves with like, okay, I'm an anxious person. And because I'm an anxious person, I numb my emotions by partying. 
right? Like that's just a habit. That's an autopilot. You're not even thinking much about it. That's just what you do. We need to take some breaths. We need to take some breaths and allow us to think and feel what we are going to do next. You need to strategize the next few steps so you don't fall into those negative traumatized versions of yourself, right? So what I like to do is like to take 10 deep belly breaths, okay? You need to like fully inhale to the point where you can't inhale anymore and exhale and just let all of it out. And your stomach needs to be moving with you. Your entire body needs to move. Sometimes I like clench up my entire body as I inhale and then I exhale and I relax. And sometimes I exhale slowly. Sometimes I exhale aggressively. I just let out the air how I need to let out the air and make sure to take like at least 10 to 20. Box breathing is also good where you inhale for four seconds, you hold for four seconds, you exhale for four seconds, and you hold for four seconds or seven seconds or whatever magic time you have in your head. Breathwork is important because number one, you are trying to calm down your nervous system and you're trying to think, okay, this is a trigger for me. Okay. So I sent, I smelled a certain scent and now I'm back to the really unhealthy version of myself that would just go and eat all this junk food. Do I want to identify myself with this old version of me or do I identify with the new version of me, which is I eat healthy and I have a balanced lifestyle. And because I had not so great food earlier in the day, I'm going to eat something healthier, right? It's not about hating yourself. It's not about looking down at yourself for the fact that you still identify small parts of you with this unhealthy version of you. You're noting that, hey, I used to, but now I am not that kind of person. Now I'm a healthy person who finds balance in their diet. There's so much power that once you do these breaths, right? You do the 10 deep belly breaths, you do 10 box breathing boxes, right? Once you do that, stop and like genuinely think, who do I want to be? Like, what are my next steps going to be? If I am a healthy person, my next step is to go home and cook something healthy or find a healthy snack, right? If I am a very anxious person, right? And I notice myself getting more anxious and more anxious during an exam. I stop, I take my deep breaths. And then I say, what does a calm person do, right? A calm person allows themselves to breathe, relax, and study in a comfortable environment so they can perform well on the exam or do well on the presentation at work. I think it's important to just give yourself that time of like, this was past me, but this is future me. And this is rewiring your brain to now associate those triggers, all of the negative things. Because again, just because we're triggered doesn't mean the world needs to change around us. We need to change for our world, right? We need to be like, okay, no, This is the person I am, and this is how I react to these kinds of situations. Finally, and I already briefly mentioned this, but you need to identify with your new self. If you want to become who you want to be, you have to let go of the old. And yes, you can do that by rewiring your brain, taking those deep breaths, understanding trauma, understanding how it feels and like all of your triggers, which it's also great journaling, I guess, prompt to think about all the triggers that cause you to be certain versions of yourself. I want you to stop thinking about your old versions. Just like get them out of your head, right? Control, alt, delete. They're gone. Okay. They're gone forever. There's no recycle bin. You know, sometimes when you throw away like photos, but the photos aren't really gone because there's like a recycle bin, right? No. 
we don't do the recycle bin. We like throw them out. They're gone. And so when it comes to our past versions of ourselves, they're gone. Stop identifying yourself as the anxious person or the person who always parties, the person who always drinks, the person who's unhealthy, the person who always binges. You need to stop identifying yourself with old versions of you that are not serving you. And then instead, you need to start repeating to yourself who you are. In a conversation, don't be like, I have to go work out. Say, I am a gym girl, or I'm a Pilates girl, or I am a runner, right? Don't in conversations or to yourself say, oh, I have to study. Say, I'm a straight A student. Studying is what I do best, right? Don't say, oh, I have to cook. Say, I love to cook. I'm a really healthy chef. You are I aming. You are identifying yourself in conversations with other people or yourself, who you are, right? It is so powerful. Like the difference between no, I don't smoke to I am not a smoker is so huge. Like psychologically, person A just thinks that, oh, they're trying not to smoke. Person B already identifies themselves as someone that doesn't smoke, right? Do you see the difference of like you're trying versus I am? You need to start I aming who you are. I am a runner. I am productive. I am confident. I am beautiful. Like you need to do this. And sometimes you have to fake it till you make it but you need to do it. And honestly, this is something that I struggle with. And I love to tell people this, but I genuinely hated who I was for many years, aka pretty much why I had an eating disorder. But like, I hated myself so much. I hated how I looked. I hated my skin. I hated my body. I hated my style. I hated everything about me. And I convinced myself over probably two, three years, I am beautiful. I am strong. I am confident. I am kind. And because of that, that is what I genuinely believe now, right? Of course, there is lots of work to be done in my life, which is why I created this episode. Because I mean, if I have work, you have work and we're all going to work together. But like, seriously, fake it till you make it. And eventually you will start genuinely believing in who you are. All right, girlies. Well, I really hope that you liked this episode. I hope that you gained a lot of knowledge and you might have identified, you know, are your past identities holding you back? Are they hindering you from becoming the best version of yourself? Be sure to follow this podcast and all of my socials. Give it a rating, give it a review, share it on your story. And also be sure to answer the Spotify question down below for a shout out. As always, if you have any episode suggestions, you want me to talk about something, whether that's like fitness, food, something more like spiritual and self-improvement like trauma, definitely be sure to let me know and I will see you next week, my love. Bye-bye.